Right, we're going to start in Ukraine and, of course, that attack on the dam. Now, just to mark your card, uh, potentially coming up UN Security Council meeting in the next hour or so. If and when that happens, we will take you to it. Uh, first, though, we're going to look at two things. First, we're going to look at the scale of the damage that's been caused. Second, we're going to ask our experts who's most likely to have done this. So first, let's take a look at the Kakovka Dam, water flowing through it there. 40,000 people uh, may need to be evacuated. That's according to officials. That's the latest number. 80 towns and villages impacted. Uh, this video here, this aerial footage, actually tweeted by President Zelensky. Now, these images are from areas downstream. Uh, you can see absolutely remarkable scale of it all, really. The water levels could rise by as much as 12 metres. That was according to one Russian official. But let's hear now from a Ukrainian MP who was there. This direction is uh, the dam of uh, Kahovka hydroelectric station. This direction is uh, the Black Sea. And uh, here is the river and the level is coming up because uh, all this huge amount of water which was stopped by the dam now is moving to, to the sea. By the way, you, I smell, um, there is a smell of an oil uh, machine oil, you know, engine oil, because more than 150 tons of engine oil at least now is in the water, engine oil from the dam. And maybe more will, uh, will come because there is more, 300 tons more. So this is a huge ecological catastrophe with that the consequences will last for decades after what had happened. And uh, that is again, um, according to Geneva Convention, uh, such attacks on hydroelectric uh, stations, it equals the using of mass destruction weaponry. So that's the immediate impact around the dam. But take a look at this map. We can see the lie of the land and we can actually get a sense of the broader, wider impacts here because the dam crosses the Dnipro River, as you can see there, controlled by Russia. But if you look upstream north, Zaporizhia nuclear power plant there, it needs a big pool of water for cooling. And with the dam going, uh, the reservoir will drop. Here's the head of the UN nuclear watchdog on that. The IEA staff on the site have been informed that the damage to the Nova Karkovka dam is currently leading to about five centimeters per hour reduction in the height of the reservoir. The team continues to monitor this rate and all other matters on the site. The main line of cooling water is fed from the reservoir and pumped up through channels near the thermal power plant to the site. It is estimated that the water through this route should last for a few days. So they will continue monitoring that. We've looked at the damage of what's gone on. Now let's try and answer the question, who attacked the dam? Take a look at these satellite pictures. BBC Verify has established there was already some damage to the dam, even before today. You saw those uh, wiping across of the images. Uh, that was two or three days apart. And uh, therefore, we've seen that damage continue over days before this uh, morning's attack. Well, Ukraine is blaming Russia. Here is President Zelensky. 
Today, Russian terrorists have once again proved that they are a threat to everything living. Last night, they blew up the dam of the Kakhovka hydroelectric power plant. At 2.50 a.m., this explosion happened. It was an absolutely deliberate, prepared explosion. They knew exactly what they were doing. Just imagine the volume of water held by this dam. It was one of the largest reservoirs in Ukraine. The flooding of the southern regions of our country has been ongoing since this night. At least 100,000 people lived in these areas before the Russian invasion. At least tens of thousands are still there. 80 towns and villages are underwater. Evacuation has already begun. And these are just the initial consequences. Unfortunately, the tragedy is much broader. So let's look at the other side now. Russia is blaming Ukraine. And our Russia editor, Steve Rosenberg, is in Moscow. I remember seeing a, a reading a, a report from the TASS news agency on my phone about 6.30 this morning, uh, which quoted the Moscow-imposed um, official in Novokakhovka saying that everything was peaceful and calm in the town. There was nothing going on at all. Soon after that, another report from TASS quoting the same official saying, uh, well, actually, no, there'd been a terrorist attack uh, during the night, missile strikes on the dam. Uh, his story completely changed. And then TASS reported a source in the security forces saying, no, no missile strike. Uh, the dam had just collapsed. By lunchtime, uh, people had seemed to agree on, a, on an official version of events here. Uh, we heard it from President Putin's spokesman, Dmitry Peskov. We heard it from the defense minister, Sergei Shoigu. And that is that, as far as Moscow is concerned, this was uh, a terrorist attack by Ukraine on the dam, as Mr. Peskov said, a deliberate act of sabotage by the Ukrainian side. Russian officials seem to link it to the Ukrainian counteroffensive, which Moscow claims has been faltering. That is the official Russian version of events. So 180 degrees from uh, the version of events that, that Ukraine is putting forward. Ah, so thanks to Steve Rosenberg for that. So no complete concrete answer on who was behind this attack on the dam yet. And we just heard in the last hour or so from the White House, they say the same thing, no conclusive uh, evidence. So now the question becomes who would stand to gain most by this attack? Vitaly Shevchenko is Russia editor at BBC uh, Monitoring. Vitaly, great to see you. So let me put that question to you. In your assessment, who does seem to gain most by this? Well, a lot of fingers are now pointing at Russia and it's undeniable that it does stand to benefit from what happened at Novokakhovka because quite simply this flooding um, limits Ukraine's options for a counter-offensive, especially in the south. This huge river, Ukraine's uh, largest and longest river, the Dnieper, is much wider now than it used to be in southern Kherson region. Trying to cross it using pontoons or trying to ship your heavy military hardware across this river uh, is now going to be all but impossible for Ukrainian forces, which control the uh, northern bank of the Dnieper and Russia controls the southern bank of the Dnieper. Now, will Ukraine uh, benefit anything at all from uh, from from the flooding. Uh, the the only thing I can say is that uh, it appears that some of Russia's defensive positions in Kherson region has 
have also been flooded. But we have to remember that for Ukraine, it's, it's their country, it's their land, it's their people. And it would take truly Machiavellian levels of cynicism to carry out something like this. And also, the, the price is absolutely enormous. Ukraine has to evacuate thousands of people, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people, and, and then start thinking about providing water for people uh, living upstream from the uh, breached Novakahomka Dam. Vitaly, that's absolutely fascinating. And there's a personal connection here, isn't there? You know this area well. Absolutely. I grew up uh, in the area. Th th this is where I used to live on the, on the shores of Kahovka. And uh, it, it's just mind-boggling the, the size of this reservoir. Locally, it's known as the Kahovka Sea because it's so big. If you stand on one sh shore of Kahovka, you would not be able to see the other side. It stretches more than 200 kilometers from the northeast to the southwest. And um, it's uh, terrifying to think that these huge amounts of water are now gushing downstream. And also what happens to the Zaporizhia nuclear power station and what happens to the people who will have to uh, think about how they survive this incredibly hot and dry summer in Ukraine as the Kahovka reservoir is shrinking. That's going to be really difficult for them. Vitaly, thank you so much for that. Just want to bring you some breaking news in relation to Ukraine that we just received here from our Washington bureau. Uh, a U.S. official has told the BBC's partner U.S. network CBS News that it is accurate to say that the Ukraine counteroffensive is in its opening phases, but that the main thrust has not yet begun. So if you are with us yesterday, uh, there was an increase in activity from the Ukrainian side and uh, we were trying to get to the bottom of whether or not this was the start of the counteroffensive or not. Uh, well, we had this from a US official has told the BBC's partner, US network CBS News, that it is accurate to say that the Ukraine counteroffensive is in its opening phases, but that the main thrust has not yet begun. We'll get a bit more context on that for you uh, a little later, but that's just coming in from our Washington Bureau Chief. Right, uh, I want to speak now uh, to Brian Coons, an agricultural scientist uh, who has lived and studied uh, in Kherson and knows the area uh, around the dam and the reservoir uh, very well because we were talking to Vitaly just there uh, about who stands to gain most uh, by its destruction, but we can look now at the impact and potential uh, impact. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for coming on the programme. Thank you. So, uh, what, first of all, just, just briefly, what was your reaction when you saw those pictures of the dam burst and the water flooding through? I was shocked. Uh, I, I have spent a lot of time you know, up and down uh, the reservoir in the Dnipro. It, there's some quite beautiful areas there. Uh, thinking about all the people that will suffer, I, I was I was in shock. Uh, even though I probably shouldn't have been surprised. Wow. Okay, we may come on to that in a minute. But uh, just talk us through some of the well, I suppose the impact on things like uh, agriculture. What's the damage that's going to be done here? To agriculture. Well, I think we still have to wait and see. Uh, 
how much of the dam is left because it, it's still not I still haven't I still don't have clarity on if the if the reservoir will be emptied or not. I think there could be some of the reservoir left depending on how much of the dam is damaged. And so depending on how much of the reservoir is left, then that will decide, you know, the question of how much uh, irrigation in the long term, because uh, particularly in what the Ukrainians call the left bank, which is the eastern side, which is, of course, currently occupied uh, by uh, Russian forces. Uh, that there is, you know, hundreds of thousands of hectares of irrigation that is absolutely dependent on water from the uh, uh, from the Kohovka Reservoir, the Kohovka Sea. Right. Uh, and um, so, you know, but depending on, you know, how much of the dam is left, you know, then then we'll see, you know, what the future of irrigation is in this area. And what about the wider impacts then? If we just work on the, the hypothesis just for the moment that the dam goes completely, pretty much an emptying of the reservoir, what are some of the knock-on effects of that? Well, then I think you would see, you know, that there would be, I mean, there would still be a little bit of irrigation uh, in in sort of this part of southern Ukraine on the mainland because there's there's groundwater sources, artesian water and things like that. But by and large, irrigation would would disappear. And, it you know, that, that this area gets very little rainfall. It gets about, you know, maybe 16 inches, 400 millimeters a year, and it fluctuates and there's regular droughts. Uh, it would, you know, and, it, you know, prior to the war, you there was a very sort of... Um, uh, you know, the farmers have become very, they were very effective, very productive. Uh, and, you know, that sort of agriculture will disappear. A lot of livelihoods dependent on that. A lot of people worked in and around that. Uh, and then also, of course, it, it drinking water for, for you know, it's tens of thousands of people in southern Ukraine. Okay. Uh, and also, of course, you know, this is, you know, what seems crazy. It, even You know, Crimea is is dependent on water from the Kohovka reservoir. Uh, so in the long term, you know, it, you know, it irrigated agriculture and agriculture in Crimea is also dependent on irrigation. Uh, and, and in the long term, you know, that won't be possible either. Fascinating stuff um, and slightly uh, worrying as well. Brian Coons, though, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.